What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Did you need jail? Yahoo. Did you need jail? Oh, yes, sir. Why you say that? God saved my life. I would probably kill myself out here if I didn't go. Wow. Uh, I had a policy about myself that I was so, I worshiped material things so much that nothing was going to stop. Nothing. And that's when God said, all right. And it, it was signs. It was signs. Now I look back. There's a lot of signs to where it's just like, I'm going to give you this one last sign. <laughs> like, <laughs> this one last one. Because I was in and out, in and out of jail. Like, not there that long, two weeks, maybe a month here. And I get out and I'm like, oh, I'm going to change my life. You know, getting jail, like, you know, God, I'm going to change my life. You get out the last week. They tried to count me out. I'm going to count me in. Fill up my bank account. Now I got something to spend. Welcome to the Dead Son Show. We have meaningful conversations about life through the lens of fatherhood. It's for fathers, those with fathers, and the fatherless, and nobody's left out. These are the conversations we want our sons to access as they grow through life in the manhood, so no topics are off limits. I am back to my old bag of tricks. My co-host is not sitting this one out, but so let me just let me just address this before we get into the episode. About to turn up the content, right? My co-host, I don't even like saying co-host. There are two hosts of the show, me and James Johnson and Jay Black. James Johnson, if you've been following, you get that reference. Sometimes he shows up as an alter ego. But we want to turn up the, uh, the content, so we're going to get to two episodes a week. So you'll have one episode of me and a guest, or him and a guest, and then him and I will keep our regular dialogue. So again, nobody's fired, nobody quit. <laughs> we're just doing our thing. But... Uh, with that, tonight's guest, we got an amazing guest because that's all I do. If you don't know that, go back to the first 15 episodes because that's all I said is I do amazing guests. And tonight is no difference. We got Darius Bascom. Welcome to the Dead Sun Show. How are you, my brother? I'm doing great, my brother. Thank you. Such a blessing. I really appreciate it. Glad to, glad to have you here, man. Glad to have you here. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good, actually. Yeah. You know, a little sore. 
But yeah, I'm, so but I'm good though. We're gonna jump right into it. All right, let's jump right let, in. Let me uh oh no, nah, he said he a little, so I know why he's sore. <laughs> that's not why I'm sore. You know. Ain't no ain't no push-up <laughs> jumping today, man. But um always want to check with the guests right off the bat, man. Make sure they're in a good mental space. And it's not a pressure question, but sometimes we we say it in passing. How you doing, man? I'm good, bro. I'm good, bro. But nah, this is a this is a platform to really dig into how you feeling, man. So I'm gonna ask you again, you good? You know, us men, you know, when we say we good, we really not good, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, it, depends. it depends on what good you say. Um, I'm good. Yeah. I will say I am actually good. I made a good uh, spiritual breakthrough today. Oh, Made okay. a good spiritual breakthrough today. And um, it was amazing, actually, because it was at that point where you feel, all right, all right, God. <laughs> what else you want me to do? I'm trying my best, man. I'm yeah. tired, you know? Yeah. And then you get that little speck of light. That's all you need, just a little speck. And it's like, all right, I got I got some more left in me. Let's go. Let's stay there, man, because that, that ties into um, the last, re- well, it's not even the last recorded episode. Episode that was entitled um, The Impatient. Mm-hmm. Or so on the audio, it's The Impatient. Um on the video is called Dear Son Be Patient With You and I just came I am I am on the other side of a breakthrough this week as well right life has been life has been um, challenging this summer okay. right uh, and the audience knows I, I came out of corporate America about 10 months ago now mm-hmm. so that transition to entrepreneurship and um, you know things weren't I couldn't see I, I couldn't see past this month. Right. Like financially. Yeah. Right. It's we rough. had some we had some things going. We had to pull a couple of levers. And the big lever that we pulled was a little bit delayed. Right. We uh I just say we we sold our house. We sold one of the houses that we own um back home. And it was it was uh the gap was yeah. this big. But it's like you couldn't push, like I couldn't push from one side to the other to close that gap. And it's like, Lord, like I said before, I see the finish line, but I can't, my feet not moving. At all. <laughs> like I'm looking at it. So I I um I understand, like literally yesterday was mine where everything I can breathe again. Right. <laughs> I can, right. I can, I can kind of <laughs> hold my head. And that's one thing that we can get into should always be able to hold your head, especially if you're a believer. That's just my 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 opinion, right? If God is on your side, correct, correct. You have down days, but you should always, if you're really trusting in Him, you should be able to hold your head. Mm-hmm. This summer, I I realized that I got some more work to do as it relates to trusting God, man. But let's get into, if you don't mind, sharing a little bit about what your breakthrough was, if that's cool. Oh yeah, most definitely. Um, pretty much the same thing, you know. I'm entrepreneur you know I run my own business and personal training it can be very good be very bad sometimes uh, it's really all what you put into it a lot of times and it requires a lot of patience and uh yeah it was it's one of those type of deals where I wanted to make a big move on something extra income yeah and just like you said, I promised that gap it's I'm like small. man if I could just get to right here <laughs> we will be good. But it's that gap, and that gap feels like it's so big. And, and it's crazy you say the uh, you see the finish line. I feel like I was on a treadmill. 
just looking at it. And I'm like, man, I'm running as fast as I can, but I'm not going nowhere. And um, and it'd be times where just being full honest, where it's just like, is this what I'm supposed to be doing? Like, you know, am I wasting my time? Mm. You know, and uh, and when I say that breakthrough is not to shed a light, just a financial break. It's just like, okay, this one person sends you a text like, hey, I haven't been able to bend over and do this for so long. Thank you. I'm like, oh. They found some resolve yeah, to work with you. Yeah, it's like, because, you know, you'll get to a point where you're in this profession and you're in this big pool of, you know, you could be gone every way. Like, you got to look a certain way. You got to act a certain way. You can't have a bad day. You know, you got to be the energy for everybody. And it'd be days when I wake up and I'm like, nah, I don't even want to get out of bed, you know, and to get that text and then follow back with, um, hey, you know, we're going to speed up that date. You know, that was that gap. We're going to push it a little closer for you. Yes, sir. And I'd be like, okay, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay, God, all right. And, um, and that's that's normally what I do. Like, when I get to these points, like, uh, I just be honest, man, I break down. Like, yeah. you know, sometimes I isolate. I do isolate in a... And I break down. And just because I don't want any man opinions, you know, of the flesh, I'm like, me and God need to talk because I'm not understanding. And I know he loves me, so he going to give me some type of understanding. He'll give me the answer not when I want it uh, and not how I want it. I noticed that. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> not how I want it. Yeah. So, the, um, yeah, it, it, was, it was great today. It was great. The how, the how really ain't our business. Right. You know what I mean? And that's that's easier said than done. Like last week, I probably wouldn't have been <laughs> this expressive saying it because I wanted to know the how. And I couldn't see it. But sometimes if we're patient enough um, and we and we accept God for who he is and really allow him to do his work, it's a beautiful thing on the other side. That that valley is rough. And uh I know you have a, you know, you have a, your father as well. Mm-hmm. I got five of them things, bro. They're not all here right now. We got four, four or five are here right <laughs> now running around the house. But uh, it's, uh, it just, when you, when you're responsible for other people, mm. I think that's where, I think that's where our manhood, our, um, our depth really gets challenged. Yes. Right. Cause when it was just me, yeah. I figured something out. Exactly. If I had to find somewhere to sleep, this is very different finding somewhere for you to lay your head than telling six other people our head has to lay somewhere else. Right. It's a very challenging thing. Uh, We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna come back to this man, but I I got so excited, I didn't uh we didn't walk your your origin story just yet. Where you from? Oh yeah. You know what was what was your household dynamics growing up? Who was in the house? Let's talk about that. Okay. Uh, beautiful state, Louisiana, Shreveport, Louisiana. Born and raised. Uh, didn't leave Louisiana until I was 21. So full grown when I left there. I had both parents there. Um, my father is not my biological father, but uh, he's been there since I was born. He's been present. Yeah, he's been the only man there. Um, and he didn't have to do that. Right. You know, so growing up in that household, I wouldn't say it was a bad household. Of course, you know, Shreveport is a more lower income city. You know, so, of course, coming to Dallas, you see, like, oh, it was difference growing up. But uh, for the most part, I don't remember any hardships, you know. Uh, we was 
Either my mom had to work two jobs. Right. You know, she would uh, make sure we was good. And my father still to this day gets up at five in the morning. Dope. You know, he's one of the main driving forces of why I get up every day because I watched him tired, body beat down, get up every day uh, and go to work. I didn't understood. I didn't understand then. <laughs> you know, like I'm just like, man, I don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't think my dad. I think I mentioned before. My, I don't think my, I've, I'm not aware of my dad calling in sick ever. Ever. He was out because he had surgery mm-hmm. and like he could not physically couldn't go. But I've never, never aware of him having a sick day. And him and I ended up working for the same company at one point. He had been there twenty some years when I started. By my second or third year, he came in one day and they told him um, he was terminated. Mm. That my pops was probably the most righteous person in that building. And I'm not saying it because he's my father. He's literally, that's literally his character, right. right? And he did everything as unto the Lord. That's his thing. I, I don't know if my father was not of God at any point in his life, I never saw it. Never so saw he, it. If, if he ran that, <laughs> that course, it ran before I was born. But he came in, they said, um, you know, you can leave today or you can work your last two weeks. Either way, you're going to get the same amount. Mm. He had been there 23 years, right? And that was, a, that was a major lesson for me. Number one, that corporate doesn't love you, oh, right? No. <laughs> Everything is business. It's business when they let you go. It's personal when you leave. Right. So I saw that early enough, and I was probably 22, 20, 21, 22 at that time. So it was a very um, timely lesson for me like just getting into the corporate world and, and understand how to move. But I watched him start over at 50 some years old, going back to school, mm. getting trained for another profession. He became a, um, an x-ray tech and he did that to the best of his ability. And just seeing how he bounced back from that taught me a lot about character. And um, like, we didn't have a, we didn't have a lot of deep conversations. My dad was in the house. I like, I, I, I became a teenager and thought I knew more than he did, right? Yeah. I didn't like his rules. Fair. I wanted to do other things. <laughs> and, you know, we kind of kind of drifted apart, but nothing like, like I don't have any real major stories of, I left because he did this. Right. But just seeing him kind of um, at that stage of life with grown kids, my sister's older than me. I got a, a sister that's five years older than me, watching him get chopped down like that unexpectedly and start over showed me a lot about his character. And that's one major thing that, you know, but whatever conversations we didn't have, what I saw in my dad was enough. Mm. What was your relationship like with your, with your pops, man? What is, what was the, what did you get from him? Um, Just watch. Yeah. It was pretty much the same. He wasn't a, a big talker, you know, uh, unless it was discipline. He was very, yeah, he was very tough. Uh, all I got from him was hard work. You know, I watched him work his job and I watched him come home and still cut the yard. You know, something I'm supposed to be doing. I'm like 15, 16. Okay. You know, we get this house and uh and like we went from uh shotgun type house. I wouldn't say shotgun, but I mean um, you know, you know. Is that like row houses or what was the shotgun? Oh, you walk in. Yeah, you know, you got your back door in the back. That's gotcha. what they consider, you know. Okay. But it wasn't it wasn't that that bad. It was just an older house. Uh, it yeah, was yeah. my great grandmother's house. And um I watched him, you know, 
I wouldn't say that he did it by himself, but I watch him lead to, all right, we got an apartment. All right, now we got a house. Now I got my own room. Mm. Now I'm this nag, you know, and... You have brothers and sisters? I have two sisters. So at the time, I didn't have my younger sister, but uh, Alexis is around like 19 now. So she was around, i say about three, maybe four when we moved into the house. She was still okay. pretty young. Um, but at the time, I'm a teenager, and like I said, I'm feeling myself. I'm playing football. I'm starting to lift weights. Yeah. And like I said, I feel like I know more than him because I'm out here in the streets. And I feel like, oh, man, you just- By choice? By choice. By choice. I just want to put that out there. Same. You know, by choice. Um, influenced by the wrong things. And I watched him put up with that. I seen a very patient man. That's why I was basically getting to with that. I seen a very patient individual. Because my mom goes from zero to a thousand very fast. <laughs> and, uh, and my father, man, when I say he's the only... And he even, we had a conversation about that a couple weeks ago. He said, I, ha- I had to be the common in the house. Yeah. Everybody's flying off the off the hinges. I had to be the calm one. I said, man, how did you, like, I'm coming in and you don't know what I'm going to be on today. You know, mom's stressing about me. And, you know, you got bills, you got work. Like, yeah, how? You know. So he was the calm one, but he was also the disciplinarian? Yeah. That's, uh, so my mom, my mom, my mom beat me one time. <laughs> and my dad felt so sorry. He was like, nah, I got it. Don't just... <laughs> because my mo- my mom is very patient, but I just crossed the line, mm-hmm. right? And it was something that I thought was simple. Quick story, right? My mom, I was probably f- five or six years old. I wanted to do something like some chore or something to help out around the house, right? And this is stupid as I'm thinking through it ahead of what I'm about to say. So I do the chore. My mom wants to give me like, a couple of dollars for it. I'm like, no, I don't want it. I'm trying to be nice. She's like, here, take the $2. I cut the $2 up. <laughs> Top explodes. Right. Beats me. And my dad was like, hey, hey, I got it. Don't, you know, you chill out. I got it. So that was the one time. But my, um, my dad was, he wasn't, he wasn't going to say things a lot of times. Mm. Because he came from that school of, if it was said by an adult, you minded the instruction. Right. And if you didn't, the person that saw you acting crazy would beat you, and then they'd tell your family, and you go home and get another whipping when you got home. Um, how was, what was the major, what was the biggest, um, I guess, rub between you and him when you started feeling yourself? What was it about <laughs> what was going on that you just... Uh. Man. Cause some friction. I'll never forget that night. Uh yeah. That boy got a pinpoint. He said that night. Ooh, that was that was a night. Um it I was, was a clear black. I was really out there. Uh, I was really out there. You know, of course, you know how it is. You get around your friends, they pump your head up. You feeling like you the man around them. Yeah. You know, and uh I feel like, man, I'm tough. You know what I'm saying? I'm tough. At the time, uh my parents didn't know what I was doing. You know what I'm saying? The whole yeah. committing crimes and stuff like that. They didn't know. Uh but I come in late. I come in late. You know, I'm still in high school. Mm. I come in late. I'm just not caring by any rule. I'm not doing any chores. So like I said, my mom is that zero. She won't say too much or nothing. 
Yeah, I was like one of those kids at that time. Out there. I, I, I feel the whipping right in there. And my mom goes from, he don't say, he just, my father the same way. He doesn't say much in anything. He just kind of sits back and oversees. Yeah. So she's just going off the hinges. Get out of my house. You feel like you're grown? Get out. I'm not going nowhere. That's what I tell I put my chest out. You're actually tough. I was tough. I thought I, thought I was tough. I'm not going nowhere. Who hit you first? She did. She hit me first. Of course, I didn't strike back or anything like that. But I just stood there like, I'm tough. Yeah. They don't face me anymore. And I seen the look, and I'll never forget that look that he had. Like, mm. okay. He said, I think you might need to leave right now. And I said, I think you need to back up off me. And that point, I realized the difference between a boy and a man. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you weren't the man. <laughs> you were the man. <laughs> and this is your household. Yeah. And, uh, and we talked about it, you know, years, years, years and yeah. stuff like that. And he just like, it's at a time where you have to respect my house. Like, we let you, like, do all what you could do. You know what I'm saying? But we didn't want you to corrupt your sister. There's nothing else we could do for you yeah. at this point. You know? That's the thing. We had to let you see what it was really like out there, you know. And, of course, I did. Uh, so you actually left? I actually left. 16? Yeah, I actually left. Uh, I went to my aunt's at a time. Uh, my aunt was a little bit more, her and my uncle were a little bit more, I want to say understanding, but they knew what was going on with me. Gotcha. And it really wasn't too much to stop me because I didn't come from bad teachings, you know. My mom did never, she still to the day, I think, maybe drink a wine cooler. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. and I mean, of course, my father drinks and stuff like that, but not knowing that he actually been from the streets the way that I was out there and he was just seeing the signs. You didn't know that? And I didn't before. know. Okay. I didn't know. I thought, I'm like, man, square, man. When'd you find that out? Uh, I found that out, I was 18. Okay. And I was around his old neighborhood where his mother house was. And uh, they said, oh, yeah, you, uh, are you Nate Dog's son? I said, Nate Dog. Nate Dog. Name ring a bell. He's like, yeah, boy, your dad is, yeah, yeah, he, he got the stamp around here. I was like, okay. But then I'm thinking, like, why, why we can't talk about these type of things? You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm very curious. I don't know what's going on. Like, I understand what's going on in the household, but as soon as I step out this door, y'all don't understand what's going on. <laughs> you know, and but he did though. But he did, yeah. right? And and that's why I didn't get. I was like, you really did know what was going on with me. But he just had a very strict, hey, you put in the hard work. Don't cheat no corners. Like put in the hard work. Uh, you're trying to cheat. if you're going to sell drugs and stuff like you're trying to cheat a corner. Go go work. God provide. Do everything. It don't matter if it's at Family Dollar. Do the honest work. He like do. Everything that you got to do and give it everything that you got. And that's something that he didn't agree with. And if you're not doing that, he didn't agree with it. Like, even mm -hmm. when I played football. Like, if he seen me do a play and he like, all right, why are you halfing it? I'm like, well, it wasn't on my side. He said, it don't even matter. He said, you need to give it your all every time. And at the time I get mad, I'm like, bro, I'm, going, I'm doing what I'm, you know, like, you nitpicking. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and not realizing that he really trying to mold me, you know. But yeah, that's that was that time. Ooh, 16 to 18, let's stay there for a little. What was it like when um so you said you went to your aunt and your uncle? You had you had you went to family. Mm -hmm. But was 
How long did it take you to realize that um, you needed your pops? Uh, when I was 25. Hmm. I was 25. What was that change? Um, I was incarcerated. Right? Okay. Uh, and I was on the inside, and I'm seeing, like, a, it's around Father's Day, and I'm seeing all these guys, you know, getting stuff ready for their pops and stuff like that. And it was really like an older cat that was kind of in the uh, pod, and he was mm -hmm. more like the father figure. And uh, he got to talking, and he used to talk to me a lot, and he said, man, you remind me of my son. And I was like, all right, old school, what do you mean? He's like, yeah, my son, man, he... He a good kid. He just, he around the wrong people, wrong influences. He letting this material stuff get to his head, you know. And I'm not the best example because I'm in here, you know. But I just pray that he'll do better. So I'm going to live through you. So I'm mm. going to give you this guidance, you know, because he was a very God-fearing man. He said, I feel like God wanted me to talk to you. So he played yeah. chess with me every day, you know, and talked to me and talked to me. And I was just like, and we used to talk about my father. I used to, like, be so mad. And even when I had a conversation with my father, and he was mad at me. We were both mad at each other, <laughs> you know. And uh, I just wanted to, his approval all my life. That's all I wanted, you know. And I didn't even know it. Yeah. I just wanted to seem tough for him. Like, I didn't want to, because I was the mama's boy at first, and, he, and they broke me out of it. And I was just like, I just want to be tough for you. You know, I played football because you wanted me to play football. You wanted me to be in sports. And I was good at it, but, you know, I didn't let nobody punk me out there in the streets because the first time I had a fight and I came running crying and you told me I better go get my bike yeah. <laughs> and come back home. Don't come back. Yeah. So I wanted to be all these things for you. And uh, this whole time, like, I'm trying to fight you, but not knowing I really need you. You know what I'm saying? So that's, that's interesting that... Um the need for approval, that's a consistent theme of a lot of guys that have been on the platform. What did it look like or what did it not look like that you equated that there was, like, that you didn't have his approval? Were there certain, did he act a certain way towards you? Did he say certain things? Did he not acknowledge things? Like, what, how in your mind did you come to the, the realization or, um, perspective that you didn't actually have his approval? Um, like, what were you looking for? I don't, I don't know if that's the best way to ask it, but it seemed like he was he was in your life. Yeah. You saw that he worked hard. Um, what, was the, what was the gap between what you got and the approval you were looking for? Um, I believe the communication. Mm. You know, uh, like, of course, now I'm older, mature. So me not being your biological son doesn't bother me. But growing up, you know, my sisters are both from you, you know. So I'm like the oddball, I feel like, you know, sometimes. And I feel like uh, I can only remember more of you getting on to me more than you praising me, you know. And it's like I never got to feel what it's like to say, hey, that's my son, y'all, you know, gotcha. enough. Uh, I'm pretty sure sometimes in there that I probably don't remember yeah. But uh I didn't I didn't really get that much because I mean he just wasn't a talker, you know. Um but 
that's what I really want to look for. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, I even see it now, you know, um, with dads and their kids and stuff, you know, like that bond. That's what I really wanted. Like, yeah. and, and we started out that way. Like, we used to go fishing and stuff like that. It just, uh, I couldn't get the answers. Like, I was lost a lot out there. And, I, and I'm like, I need your help, you know. Without saying I need your help. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's pride both ways, man. Sometimes, yeah. and I realized it in very similar timeline, like when I became a father, mm-hmm. I was almost embarrassed at how much distance I put between me and my dad. I was too embarrassed to ask him for help. So I thought if I just be a good father and a good husband, he'll, you know, he'll see it and be like, yeah. ah, he did get it. But sometimes that gap is too big and we're too prideful <laughs> at various stages of life to ask for the help that we need. Too prideful to say, um, no, as a father, I see you struggling. Here, let me help. And it's interesting. I, I, I kind of latched on to the point of him having a life that you didn't know about and you going into that same life. And now at some point, y'all like celebrate stories of <laughs> I would imagine like I did this dumb thing back then or right. I did this dumb thing back then same thing with me and my pops was like because I only saw him as a church guy that wasn't me per se mm-hmm. so if I did anything that wasn't in line with what I was taught that God expected or the religion expected I didn't think I could actually have a conversation with him because I'm like man he, he'll never understand this because I only knew him as the Christian, like the spiritual leader. And I was like, you know, we talking one day, he's like, yeah, I got locked up one time. He went, he didn't do like do a bid, but yeah. he went to jail. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, what? He's like, yeah, I, I tried cigarettes one time. I'm like, what? Like, I've never heard my parents curse, smoke, or drink. Oh, wow. You know what I mean? Like, that's just not, so that's the only perspective that I've had. So if I'm cursing, smoking, and drinking, like, what could I actually bring to them and have conversation? That's a very dangerous thing to not know um, that the- Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for one twenty nine each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. that the, the the line of communication is forever open. Mm. And that's a big lesson that I'm kind of working on now. But enough about me. Let's get back. So you, you're in, you're incarcerated at 25. Did you go to jail at 25? Or this is just where the story is. You're 25 and you're in jail. No, yeah, it's just when the story, uh, I went to jail when I was 22. Okay. I turned 23 in the county. Uh, I got out around 29. Okay. Yeah, 28, 29. 28 going on 29. Uh, yeah, so like midway through the first couple of years, I was still a knucklehead, you know. Mm-hmm. I was mad at the world, I was mad at everybody around me, yeah. Um, and then I woke up, you know, God sent me some <laughs> very huge messages. Uh, and it was just when that's when I realized how important being a father. So I, I just thought at first, like, oh, I could just buy stuff, make sure my son got everything, you know, this and that. But uh, yeah, another older cat, 
in the pod told me I would come back from visit and my mom brought my son up there, you know, to see me a lot. Mm. Um, and I was having a hard time. You know, that walking away is very rough. Um, and he said, you all right, youngster? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll be fine. You know, got to be the tough guy in there, right? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. And he was like, uh, he said, them visits get harder and harder. That don't get no easier, man. You in the beginning, you know, kind of pace yourself out. You know, this and that. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't really want to hear, you know. Yeah. And he was like, uh, you know, asked me who came. And I told him, you know, everybody came. He's like, oh, you love your people? I'm like, yeah, I love them. He's like, you sure? I was like, yeah, I'm positive. I, I love my people. Like, you love your son? He's like, I'm like, yeah. He said, then why are you consistently doing things to not be in his life? And a weight dropped on me at that point. I was just like, wow. He said, you can't say you love somebody if you won't even be there for them. You know, I was like, well, I'm in here. He said, yeah, you put yourself in here. You're right. From that point, I devoted everything I could to getting closer to God and making myself a better man for my son when I came home. I couldn't change the fact that I was in there. Uh, How old was he when you when you went in? He was like three, four. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I missed a lot of his growing up. So like three to nine, three to yeah. ten, something like that? Ooh. I missed all of that, basically. And, uh, and man, that weight, even getting out, is rough yeah. by itself. Uh, because you you walking on eggshells at that point, you know, because you just like, man, I don't know if he resents me. Right. You know, uh, I don't know if he's just mad because I want now. I don't know what he's been through. And I'm trying to get to know him all over again. Like, you know, I'm the visits ain't enough, you know. So it's like he don't really know me. Uh, and it's just like so many things that run through my head. I'm just like, man, like, I ain't know what to do, honestly. What was your relationship like with his mom? Um, we don't have a bad relationship. Okay. I would say that much. Uh, we both agree we can communicate a little bit better. But uh, but she she know I'm very, um, like, I owe her everything. You know, she don't know it. I mean, she probably watched it. She probably know it now. Make that, make that a clip. <laughs> clip that <laughs> up. I owe her everything. And the reason I say that is because you did this by yourself without me for a long time. And it doesn't sound like she tried to turn him on you or anything you know, like that. Anytime I want to see him, she is all for it. You know, um, yeah, she's very supportive of our relationship. She never put a court system or anything like that in place. And I have friends who that go through this type of stuff. And I'm okay. like, man... They like you living a blessing right now. <laughs> man, I didn't. I, I'm more acutely aware. Like I had some friends that that went through some things, but on this platform, talking to so many men and hearing them stories, man, it is wicked. Yeah, <laughs> it can yeah. get wicked in the family court streets. D- do you um? Did you need jail? Yeah, who? Did you need jail? Oh yes, sir. Why you say that? God saved my life. I would probably kill myself out here if I didn't go. Wow. Uh, I had a policy about myself that I was so, I worshiped material things so much that nothing was going to stop. Nothing. And that's when God said, all right. And it, it was signs. It was signs. Now I look back, there's a lot of signs to where it's just like, I'm going to give you this one last sign. <laughs> like, <laughs> this one last one. Because I was in and out, 
in and out of jail, like not there that long, two weeks, maybe a month here. And I get out and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna change my life. You know, getting jail, like, you know, God, I'm gonna change my life. You get out the last week, you know, until you back into a certain uh, circumstance where you have to trust God. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's that's the thing. Like, we ask for help, but you have to trust God. And, um, and yeah, it was, I wasn't trusting God because every time, I ask him for this and that, and be like, all right, well, I'm going to test you again. I'm going to put you in this situation. Money's tight. Do not go back to what you used to do. And I go back every time. What was different um, the last time that you got out? Because I've, I've, I, haven't, I haven't spent any time in jail. I'm not going to front like I understand what that's like. But I've heard that um, for some, jail makes them better criminals or makes you smarter at because you get so much information from people that have done other things. And depending on how you process, I shouldn't say definitively that's what happens. But for some, Mm -hmm. it's like, oh, I got all of this street street knowledge. Now I can go back here and really operate like at a different level. I guess not realizing that so much happens while you're in there. But um, yeah, what was, what was, what was different when you got out? Seeing how someone can treat you as less than a human being. Uh, prison is modern day slavery. There, it's modern day slavery, and uh, I don't even think the documentaries that they do even shed any light, uh, the do justice of what really goes on in there. Uh, they try and beat you down physically, mentally, uh, to the point where I deal with a lot of PTSD now. You know, uh, and they consistently beat you down mentally, 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 and I say I would never go through this again. And I just started looking around, you know. Uh, these guys said, yeah, it could, it could be crime school. Everybody's in there for everything. <laughs> you know, things you like, man, you did that? You did what? <laughs> and uh, and you could be thinking, like, oh, I could do this better or smart now. Like, it's never been anybody in history that has either not dead or in jail if they live in their life. So why would I feel like I'm any different? But every it seems like that's that's the narrative that's presented. I'm gonna be the one, right? <laughs> I'm gonna be the one that's the smartest that never gets. It's insanity. It's really insanity because uh, rehabilitation is a choice. They don't push it on you. It's a choice. It's sources. It's a lot of uh, resources in there actually because you have a lot of volunteers. You know, I actually want to volunteer and do something. Um, but you have a lot of people that come back and they know that this system is not designed for you to be come back home and be successful. So they do help. It's not a, it's not enough, I would say, but it's still a choice. Like when I was in there, I enrolled in college. You know, uh, a lot of people, just full transparency, I didn't finish high school. You know, a lot of people didn't know that about me. I got my GED in prison. And in return to me getting my GED, the, uh, the high scores that I got, the teacher believed in me. I became a teacher's aide and I actually helped other men get that GED. Um, and she challenged me, you know, don't stop there. So I got transferred. I got the trade. I learned about plants. I got horticulture trade. Um, after that, I said, you know what? Let's keep it going. I wrote in college. You know, I want to get a degree. I was released before I could get it, you know, but uh, got a nice amount of college credits right now because of that. Uh, and that was real professors. Like, you know, I was actually enrolled in college. Still had to get... Uh, my grant and everything. 
Like, I'm in their system at that college. I, it doesn't show a prisoner. It just shows a student. And that was pretty dope. I felt yeah. like, uh, but like I said, that's still a choice because I still have homeboys in there that were still doing drugs. All that stuff is still, you can still access all that stuff in there. Uh, still fighting, still just laying around, just letting time go by, you know. So I'm like, I got a choice to make. I can take this time and transform myself into a whole different individual and come home totally different with a plan. And uh, that's what I did. How did how did those around you treat you when you made that shift? Because, like you said, the first couple of years you were still you was in the system, mm-hmm. right? And then something clicked, and you wanted more for yourself. How did how did how did your your the folks that knew you before that shift treat you when they saw you making that that change? It was rough at first, uh, but I feel like when you give off an energy, as far as not like oh I'm the toughest guy in there, but respect. Um, because that's what guys did doing that. They respect me. They didn't fear me. I didn't want anybody to fear me. But they did respect me because they say, you know what? Man, D really changing up in here. Like, he really working out every day now. He really reading his books. He really reading his Bible. He really going to Bible study. You know, it's not an act. He been doing this for some years now. <laughs> like, you know, and I stayed out of trouble. You know, and uh, for the most part, the people that were supposed to be around me stayed. And they respected that. Even if they had some other things going on, right. they knew, like, hey, don't bring this around him. Like, we're not going to corrupt him. You know what I'm saying? He he on the straight. And um, a lot of them that I'm still cool with to this day that got out and stuff like that. They know me. They said, man, you're doing exactly what you said you're going to do. Yeah. I said, I ain't just doing it for me, though. Man. Like, you know, uh, I want to lead by example, not just for my son, but for y'all, too. Like, we can do this. You know, we don't have to go through this revolving door. Um. Uh, but yeah, it was a lot of people. Sometimes they were like, "Oh man, yeah, oh now you found God, <laughs> you know this and that." Because uh, everybody finds something. In- yeah, I'm like, you go find something in there. <laughs> so like, uh, yeah, it, it was it was something that I lost as friends, but they weren't really friends in the beginning. Yeah, just kind of weeded them out. So you, you just referenced um, being an example for your son. Let's talk about your transition back into the world and I don't want to say reestablishing your relationship with your son, but I guess um, investing in a relationship with your son, build, building it, um, being being present for him, being available. What was that process like? A lot of trial and error. Hmm. A lot of trial and error. I'm not going... And, and, let's back. Where, where were you? Because Shreveport, mm-hmm. prison, Dallas. So... So where 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 are you geographically? Okay, so That's- Shreveport, Dallas, prison. Oh, yeah. So I I was out here. Okay, <laughs> I was out here in in um in Texas. So okay. when I came home, I'm still in Texas. Gotcha, so gotcha. he's in Shreveport. So trying to and, yeah, son was in Shreveport. Yeah, gotcha. So trying to it's a big check your ego at the door type of deal because don't expect him to run and come and jump in your arms. He don't know you, you know, and you can, I can see the look on his face. Like, I know you, but I don't know you, you know, so I don't know how to react. Oh, I love you, dad, this and that, but still kind of standoffish, you know? Um, so it was a lot of trial and error. It was a lot of, oh, I just need to just buy him stuff, shower him with stuff. Big mistake. <laughs> 
uh, to the point where I found out what's the most important thing, just being present. You know, even if it's a phone call every day or a text, text messages, uh, FaceTime, all that stuff, there is so many things that yeah. I can do and not use as an excuse like, oh, he's in Shreveport, you know. What's interesting is time away from your children is time away from your children, mm-hmm. especially when they're young. Mm-hmm. Like, there's, there's not an explanation that really helps them grasp or reconcile that you weren't there. You just weren't there. Yeah. Like, I took a job in 2000, summer 2008 to 2009. Um, I went overseas with KBR. Okay. Uh, kind of a Texas thing, more of a Houston thing, right? But we would be in Iraq for four or five months, four to six months at a time. Right. Now, the money was <laughs> good. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Had I known then what I know now, it really, really was. We literally worked 84 hours a week. We worked two weeks every week, and they just doubled an average salary and gave it to you, right? You got some tax benefits. But I went because I put us in a bad situation financially. So I went over there to recover, and that was the, that was the, the start of my spiral of, well, as long as I provide everything else to work, everything else is figureoutable. Right. And I don't even think I was that intelligent or that mature to say figure out it was just everything else wasn't my problem. Right. And I had a full family, three kids at a time. My son, I left a week before he turned one. Mm. And the first stint, I went from end of June, first of July, and I came home at Christmas in December. Mm. Like, and I was like, because I wanted to make sure I'm home at Christmas, I can come home, ball out, spend yeah. it, whatever. And he didn't. He didn't know who I was. Yeah, dad of the year. I you know what I'm saying? <laughs> he, he, didn't, he didn't know who I was, and, and I'm only there for like 17 days before I go back. Mm-hmm. So it took him like a week and a half for me to be able to pick him up and hold him for him to come to me and, and recognize who who I really am. Right. Six days later, I'm out again in a cycle. Right. And at some point, I just got numb to like when you're in a war zone and not that I had, not that I was going out into the battlefield, but we were, I mean, it was still kind of active. It was yeah, 2008. Yeah, all over there. <laughs> yeah, still kind of, still kind of, bunker calls and all that, but you have to, say you have to. I chose to tune everything out that wasn't happening on that base. Because if you worry about it, if I worried about it, I'd have drove myself crazy. Mm-hmm. And I'd have just went home. But that gave me muscle memory to tune everything out, including my family. Mm-hmm. Not in the sense of I don't have a family, but over there you can't do I can't do anything about anything that's happening other than send money and pray. So if something if my son fell or my daughter's fell, like I I can't do anything about it. If somebody broke into I can't do anything about it. All I can worry about is what's going on right here, or else I need to go home. But if I go home, we broke again. Mm-hmm. So it got to that point. So I understand the and it's not even trying to buy love. I think that's a that's a response for some men, possibly some women. But I can't. I haven't lived the woman right. experience to say that. But how did you um, come to the realization that um, that that wasn't the way? Like, let's kind of chronologically start throwing money at at the relationship. How long did it take you to mature beyond that and really start like investing? Honestly. Uh... And once he turned like a teenager, and now, wow. yeah, and now, that's right because you're talking three to ten. Yeah. And now, so now we having these talks, you know, like now I talk to my son just like I'm talking to you, you know, as you should. Um, 
no censor, nothing. I want him to know everything, you know. And it got to that point where he never been, like, bad in school. Like, he, he got that from his mom, straight A's, you know. We never had to worry. Then we just seen, it was after COVID, so, of course, we was getting these excuses and stuff like that. And, uh, again, he's in Shreveport, so it's like, if he don't want to hear my mouth, he just wants to answer the phone, <laughs> you know. And, uh, but when it's time to Christmas or he wants something, oh, dad, hey, how you doing? So, so, you know, and I started noticing, I picked up on it immediately. I was just like, you using me, you using me, man. And, uh, and I just asked him about it. He know me, I'm going to address the elephant in the room every time. Yeah. I just say, uh, you know, talking about, cause he did, he had like some, a bad year in school. He, he still made it, but I said, I'm not finna yell at you or, Try and discipline you. I'm still your father. But I want you to talk to me, you know, because I'm trying to understand what's going on with you right now. Because you showing me some behaviors that I'm not used to with you, you know. And I created this whole little thing with us, you know, where, hey, we're in this room. Right now we can talk freely. I say, when I step outside this room, though, I'm still your parent. But I'm not fin to criticize you or attack you for anything that you say in this room, you are safe. And in this room, he admitted that, yeah, I know that you try and buy me stuff off of grief. I'm like, well, I guess you could say grief. Uh, and, and I, yeah, I use it. And of course we're in this room, so I can't react. <laughs> you know, I'm just like, okay, all right. Thank you. You know, now I need a different approach. So instead of showing how, you, how did you respond to him though? Um, basically just thanking him. I really, I really ain't have a lot of words. I, I was still lost in words. <laughs> okay, uh, but I, I told him thank you because you're telling me the truth, and I know you're telling me the truth. Um, and from that point on, I knew like, okay, I'm gonna show you a different dad. I'm gonna show you a different dad, not a dad that just answers and send cash out or buys this off Amazon or does this or just takes you to whatever theme park or whatever, I'm going to show you a dad that really cares mm. about what you're doing. Hey, son, hey, time to get up, eat breakfast, make sure you wash your face, brush your teeth first, all these things. You need to know these things because it's going to be a point in time where you're going to be doing these things without me. You know, I'm here every second of the day right. with you. You know, um, this is what I do. I train people. This is, this is what my job is about. And I slowly start to see him open up. So that's when I knew, hey, this is the right thing that I'm doing. Let's just not buy a relationship. Let's actually create one. Uh, and then the more and more that I'm just here, I'm just here, I'm just talking to him, you know, and I'm not just punishing him about something or getting on to him about something. We just have regular talks, you know. Yeah. And now we don't, we talk on the phone none less than 30 minutes. So... That's huge, because he, well, you say he's 16 and 14? Yeah, he's 14 right now. I and mean, then, you know, a teenager, man. <laughs> yeah, and that, I'm, I'm, I'm listening to the story like, wow, because my son is, is 16 now. And I was somewhat paralyzed in how to deal with him because I wanted to be everything to him that I wanted my dad to be to me, mm. which was not parenting. Right. You know what I'm saying? Just be cool. Let me do what I want to do. He actually wanted to be around me. Mm -hmm. And that kind of threw me. So I'm like, wait, I don't, hold on. Oh, I'm not, yeah. <laughs> I thought that's not how it worked at this stage. So we're not having conversations more so because of me thinking I'm giving him 
space to be cool. And he's like, I wish you would talk to me more. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that, that's actually what started this podcast. Uh-huh. Dear son, what I wish my father told me. Realizing that he was coming into that stage that I was when I had different opinions that weren't necessarily what my family opinion was. Like, you know how you, as, as a family, we believe this. Right. right. And that worked because that wasn't like, internet wasn't rampant. Like, you didn't have all the information in touch of a finger. Like, I, I could literally be controlled as to what I ingest because if I can't go out the house, I can't go out the house. Right. If they say no, it's no. It's no. <laughs> it's not, I'm not sneaking out anything like that. And until I got my license, when I had, that's when I had more freedom and I started exploring more things. But um, it really, like, I was, I was tripping. Like, like how, how can I be so communicative at work? Like, I'm, I'm excelling. I'm getting promoted. I, I'm leading people. I'm becoming, and I want to go back to something you said, I'm becoming an energy in the workplace that's needed in my house. When I get home, I'm not doing it. I ain't doing it. So when we started the conversation, you were talking about, um, you didn't necessarily say it was a challenge, but being the energy for your clients, like being that consistent person that has to see the good, that has to be the example. When did you become that person? Um, in prison. Okay. I, I thought that, but... In, in prison, um, I didn't know that this was what I was supposed to be doing. Um, I wanted to get out and... I just wanted to be a businessman. You know, I got all the business magazines. That's all I wanted to do. But something I read in a business magazine, like, hey, most great businessmen take care of their health. So, all right, mm. I'm going to do that too. You know, I'm working out. Then, like, hey, look out, D, you mind if I work out with you? Yeah, I ain't, I ain't tripping, man. You know, that's what we're doing. It's wrote down on the paper right here. We can go together. This and that. Before it went from one person to two to four till we got big groups in the day room, you know what I'm saying? They, even when days when I'm, and that's, this particular time, I knew I was the energy. I didn't feel like it one day. Nobody worked out. They even came on my cell. Man, you coming out, man? You gonna work out? And not today. Y'all go ahead. I, I could tell y'all what, what the workout is. It didn't work out. Um, that's when I knew, like, all right, you have a responsibility now, you know? Because, this guy over here that's overweight because I'm seeing guys that have heart attacks. You know, they're on all type of uh, pills because of high blood pressure and all that type of stuff there. So, you know, I don't want to see this happen to us. Yeah. We already got the odds stacked against us in here. So that's when I knew, like, hey, you're the energy. Even now, like, my first group at 6 o'clock, you know, to wake up, you got to wake up before 6 o'clock. (laughs) Obviously, but to come in and then you finna do a whole workout, you know, I'm pretty sure you won't be motivated to do that workout if your coach is kind of, you know, and then, all right, guys, we got to do this and that, you know. So even when the day say I don't feel like it, I'll fake it. I wouldn't, matter of fact, I'll take that back. I wouldn't say I'll fake it. When I see them, somehow God gives me yeah, some burst yeah. of energy. I may be dead afterwards, <laughs> but I get a burst of energy because I know that they depending on me, you know to be this energy, to lead by example. Well, um, what's, what's your biggest fear in fatherhood today? Uh, man, <laughs> that's, that's, that's a tough one. That's deep. Uh, my biggest fear with being a father is 
my son experiencing what I experienced. That's my biggest fear. I mean, of course, we can always say death and all that type of stuff there. But the stuff that I've seen at his age, I don't wish that upon my worst enemy. And knowing that he's in the same city that I grew up in, knowing that, all right, you finna go through the same aspects. Like, you know, and it's like, I don't want to watch a movie reel, you know. And sometimes I have to check myself because I get very old protector with him. And uh, and I, I can kind of tell I getting on his nerves because he, he like, I just asked a simple question. Now we got a whole talk going on. <laughs> Be like that. And I'm like, nah, I just, I say it's, it's that fast, man. Like, you yeah. know, and uh, and that's my biggest fear because influence is a big thing. And I broke it down to him because he wanted a video game. I said, I just asked you about this same video game for Christmas. You didn't want it. So which one of your friends has it now? You know, and he's like, well, such, 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 such got it. I'm like, I say, okay, so see, this is where we talk about influence. I say, hey, it starts with a video game. Then it starts with skipping class. Then it starts with skipping school, you know, and then it goes on and on. I'm telling I said, that's how this cycle works, you know, and I said, that's my biggest fear. I don't want you to get into high school because I said that was a very big turning point for me. Yeah. And I don't want you to go down that road, my brother, because it's a lot of trauma involved in it, you know, and it's, I'm 34 and I still deal with the trauma from it. And that's my biggest thing. Like, I never want him to, I want him to be a kid. (laughs) <laughs> like, I want him to be a kid, a young adult. I want him to go to college. Of course, whatever he wants to do. He don't have to go to college, trade, whatever. I just want him to have fun and experience it without the survival. I was in survival mode in high school. I didn't want him to be in survival mode. And uh, that's that's pretty much my biggest fear. Does the trauma, um, does it fuel you? Or frustrate you at this point in your life? Like, how do you how do you use it? How does it show up? Um, it's more so fuel. Okay. Because I know how important I my role is right now. You know, in life, in life, period. And like his mom, like I told, her, like, and she'll text me and she'd be like, I don't know what's going on with him, but I do. You know, and this is the point where I he needs me more than ever. So I have to make sure I'm on point for him, you know, and it's at that point now where like, yeah, that is, you can't live for yourself no more, guy. You know, you have to live for him uh, Mm. because with those, I can only give him the tools and just pray he makes the right choice, right? So that's the frustrating part that you can't make the choice for him. (laughs) <laughs> you know, but like, hey, man, I really got a cheat code to all this stuff. I've been through all this already. Man. I can yeah. tell you exactly what to do. <laughs> but is that really preparing him for? But uh, it's still fuel because every time he does something, it brings me so much joy. Just like I say, he just had a bad school year. And for him to send me some test results and mastering every subject, that's the type of stuff where it's just like, all right, can kind of let him go through some type of adversity, my brother. Man, that's that's what I meant right now. It's like um I mentioned it before. Like I I I provide guidance to my son. He he doesn't have free reign. It's not like <laughs> do do without wills. It's not that at all. Right. right. But it's 
something that, like school has like success has to be important to you because it's important to you. Mm-hmm. Whatever you do in life, you getting your degree, whatever you want to pursue, doesn't do anything for me. Like I'll be, I'll be proud of you being fulfilled in life, whatever that looks like. But the degree, you're not gonna hand it to me and it's gonna change my life. Like you got you gotta want these things for you. And something you just said is you gotta live for him. I completely get that. Um and I think living for someone is more way more noble than dying for someone. Because living for someone is a continuous decision. Typically dying for someone is a like yeah. <laughs> Oh, me, yeah, it's over. Me, not him. <laughs> but um, one theory that I've been working through internally is um, like the why. We, we're quick to say, many are quick to say, my family is my why, my child is my why, my wife, whatever is my why. The danger with you not being your biggest why is that if anything happens to the other person that's your why, mm. then what happens? Right. To the why, right? So if you're your biggest why, and, I, and, and just thinking through what you said about fitness and and want to avoid and be healthy, you know, avoid diseases and certain conditions and being healthy, I think that's the biggest evidence of being your biggest why, right? Because if if you're only seventy percent and you give your family a hundred percent of that, you're still cheating. Because mm-hmm. if you're not a hundred percent, yeah, like that's what that's what they deserve, right? So giving 100% of who you are to somebody else as your why, I think that sounds really cool. But if you don't make yourself important enough to be whole, <laughs> or to be that 100%, what are you actually giving them? So what, what what are some things that you do for you when the trauma hits, when the when the PTSD hits? Like, what are your, what are your responses, the triggers? How do you take care of you? Um, of course... Fitness has always been my outlet, praying to God. Mm-hmm. Um, something very big that I've been doing lately is I turn everything off. Phone, I won't turn it off. I get away from me. Yeah, I have a room in my house where it has no electronics unless I bring them in there. I go in there. I try to meditate. I'm not going to say that I'm an expert. Uh, I just really pray. I sit there. Um, and then I make a list. Like, whatever's stressing me out, I make a list. Like, all right, name all the good things that happen today. Name all the bad. I guarantee you'll be able to name more good things because every day we drive, you can go under a bridge or anything like that, what you'll see to the side, or at any light. Or a stop sign. Somebody's in a hundred degree weather, asking for change, and you in your car in AC. You know, we may not have filet mignon, right? But you have food in the house, right? You know, and those are the type of things where I start to realize: all right, it's really not that big what you're freaking out about, man. You know, and um, one last thing: a, a friend of mine taught me. He told me like I put my hand in front of my face. And you're only in control of what's in front of that, in front of your hand. You know, and that's only me. So it's like everything else around me, I have no control over. You know, these, uh, the, the things that happen, they already happen. 
I think the trauma happens comes from we think it's going to happen again. <laughs> you know, subconsciously, we really feel like it's going to happen again, you yeah. know, and we don't want to feel that pain again. It's just like injuring yourself. You know that you're healed, but you don't want to make that move again because you're scared you're going to feel that pain that you felt when it first hurt, when you first hurt yourself. And that's what I experience when I go through certain, I'm finding out new triggers every day. You know, I, I wouldn't say every day, but, you know, I find out new things. Like I didn't even know that's by somebody saying certain things. It'll put me kind of in this funk, like, you know, and they don't know that they're doing it, you know? So uh, I have to stay with consistent tools. Because I can't always, even though I have a gym in my house now, but I can't always go to the gym, you know, and work it out. Or, uh, and I found talking to people, actually. Finding people I could trust, uh, other men I could trust and talk to. Uh, and that's big with us, you know. We don't want to talk to yeah, each other. Yeah, man. <laughs> like, it, if, um, this is, I am the most talkative in this setting. Mm -hmm. Like, or having conversations akin to this, I'm not good at like superficial small talk. So when I come into it, like come into a networking event, if it's a happy hour or whatever it is, I'm more so trying to gauge where to put my energy because I'm not just trying to yeah. work the whole room. Pros and cons of that. Um, but that's um, I think I think you got some uh, a good a good structure of um, like what I'm getting through this whole conversation, like you, you stay aware and I don't know if that's been your whole life, but to be aware of coming back into your son's life, you got to realize, like you realize that you have to earn this respect instead of just because my seed got you here, mm -hmm. you owe, you owe me something. And, and to a degree, I think, you know, there is something to honor your mother, and your father, but if you've been away, you've been away. Right. So you got to work your way back into that. And, and when he's telling you these things, you're taking, a pause, even if you don't have a whole lot of conversation right there to really internalize it and be better about things. Mm -hmm. what, do you, what, do you, what is the, uh, what would you say has, is the biggest misconception about um, felons um, that return to society? Um, that we're dumb. Honestly. I can't even count on my hand how many times I had a conversation with someone. They said, I did not expect you to know all that. I'm like, why? Well, I mean, oh, because of... Oh, because they knew that about you first. Right. You know, and it's usually like, especially coming home, um, you know, they put you through all these classes that you got to pay for and go to and all that type of stuff like that. So I talked to a lot of people, you know, and yes, people there that need a lot of these things. They're just like, we kind of just wasting your time. I said, I wouldn't say that. I said, I learn something from y'all every time. You know, uh, whether I'm being vocal about it or not, but I take something with me as a tool every time. I said, I don't feel like I know everything. My yeah. cup is never full. And uh, that's the biggest thing. Like, I've met corporate America guys that, <laughs> you know, didn't think I could hold a conversation with them. I'm like, yeah, I can. You know, yeah, the guy with the... GED and all that stuff. Yeah, I can because uh, those we just made bad choices. And the thing about it, a felon, like we had to put a lot of thought process into the crime that we committed. 
And, some. Yeah, some, <laughs> some, some. But saying, with saying that, like, if you redirect your energy, you know, you're really an intelligent individual. You know what I'm saying? And um, some. <laughs> and, and that's, like, everywhere, like, you know, people, or they just afraid, honestly. Either they think, they think we're dumb or they think we're going to hurt them. Right. You know, and I'm just like, man, I'm not going to do anything. I'm probably more afraid of you than you are of me, honestly, because I can't even carry a firearm. In Texas, everybody got one on their hip. Everybody. So, like, I, I'm more afraid of you than you are of me, my, you know? Yeah. What's your, what's, your, um, what's your relationship like? What has your relationship with your father been like since you've returned to society? It's been good. Okay. Yeah, uh, I'd say we we had a talk at first. Um, we didn't talk as much, and then it was just a random phone call. Who to who? Well, he called me. Okay. He called me, and uh, I'm like, okay, you know. Uh, I mean, he is. I see him when I come home and I stuff. We do a little small talk, talk sports. That's always our thing. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like that. We ain't gonna discuss what really just went on yesterday, but all right, the Cowboys playing. You know, that's the type of way that we connected to each other. We should have addressed that early on. This is a Cowboys house. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, he'll, he'll love it here. You should oh, see you it. don't love it here. <laughs> Who's your squad? I'm a Saints fan. That ain't too bad. Ain't too bad? All right, that cool, cool, bad. cool. Actually, my my <laughs> one of my brothers coaches for the Saints. He's the uh, quarterback coach. Oh, okay. Man, yeah, yeah, yeah. I need to talk to him then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, when they come here, I think... I don't know if we, I don't know if we play him this year, but I, so my co-host, my neighbor, also my co-host, is a Bucks fan. Mm. His wife is a Saints fan. Okay. So we, I think we're gonna go to the game in uh in New Orleans, October first. That'll be a like good that. year for us, man. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's, that's gonna be. That's, a nice. It's a dope experience, man. Sideline passes is is. It, I like like I'm not a foot. I don't. I don't invest any time. I haven't invested any time in sports in the last probably two or three, because I've been focused on like this. Mm -hmm. Like, and we're trying to build some businesses. I just, when we first moved here, we were overseas for a while. We came back, uh, we came here, we moved here. I went to a bunch of games because it, it was available, right. right? And I didn't necessarily have the means to do it before, but then we started winning. Then the prices tripled. Oh, I'm yeah. like, I don't love it. This I don't. <laughs> the prices is high. It, it's, it's as good or bad on TV for me. Yeah. But nah, that's dope, man. We're gonna we're gonna wrap wrap it up. Um, but one thing that I wanna that I typically ask the guests is, uh, what what is what is one thing you wish your father told you? Uh, be patient. Be patient. Instant gratification will lead you down the wrong road every time. Mm. Be patient. Needs no further explanation, man. Let's uh let's let's talk a little bit about your business. How can people that want to work with you work with you? Do you do in person only, virtual? Talk a little bit about that. I do full private training, semi-private is small groups. Um, I do online training also, whether it's virtual or through via app. You can find me on Instagram at coach underscore Darius dot five. Or you can find me on Facebook, Ladarius Bascom. That's a very simple name. Okay. Um, of course, TikTok, the same thing, coach underscore Darius dot five. Um, I answer any message. I mean, gotcha. you know, I'm 
it'll just create the best version of whoever comes in front of me. You know, it's not what I really want you to look like. You would never look like me. I never look like you. I just want what you saying, man. <laughs> like, you, I mean, I mean, you kind of you kind of looked at me directly when you said that, I mean, man. You probably look better than me, nah. once you <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> right. I mean, but just basically, like, yeah, I just that's all I want the best for people. Yeah, you know, and uh, that's what God wants me to do. You know, so whether I get some uh, athlete, I actually got a couple athletes football games like I go to this weekend. Um, whether they're trying to get into college, get into the NFL, or whether it's uh, a woman that came and her doctor said, hey, like, she said, if I don't do something, then they going to have to do something. Yeah. You know, uh, I have a mom. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I need to get back at it, man. I had a, um, like, I went, I used to be, I was pushing 300 at one point, and uh, I went crazy in, like, 2018, 2019. 2018, I found out I was pre-diabetic, like, cut a whole bunch of stuff, like, changed my lifestyle. Um, started working out, and, like, that was a lifestyle then. When, what was COVID? COVID, we moved here. 2021, like I was, ha- I've always had back, back problems, right? Mm-hmm. Self, self, uh, what they say, not self-medicate, but self-diagnose. Right? I'm thinking it's this, I'm thinking it's that. Back with, go out, I'd be down for a couple of days, pop back up. It was a, it was a thing. 2020, it started getting bad. Like 2021, my daughter graduated. I couldn't even walking was a chore. Like, I'd wake up in the morning and be crying, me and God, like, Lord, please let me stand up and go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Started going to a chiropractor so I could get, you know, get worked out of stretch and then I could walk that day the next day I'd be back to it, right. back to the same level of pain. Mm-hmm. We drive from here to Virginia, Virginia's home, to go see family, kind of spend the summer there. That drive, I don't know if it just exacerbated what was going on. I got to Virginia. I'm sitting at my parents' room crying to my dad, like, can you pray? Cause God ain't really working. He ain't rocking <laughs> like this. I want to cut it off. I want my leg gone right now. Like it was, I had a um, herniated disc that was pushing on, on, on a nerve mm. that was the whole right side. If I stood up, like I had to make decisions. Like, am I going to the bathroom today? Mm. Cause if I stand up, I got about 30 seconds before I'm expired. I didn't want to eat. I can only lay, lay on my stomach. It was bad. Ended up having emergency surgery. Virginia. Mm-hmm. Come back, six weeks of recovery, literally to the day where I could start working out, I got COVID, me and my son. Mm. And it was just like, from then, I've literally been terrified <laughs> yeah. to do anything strange, but I know I got to do something because um, even though the weight isn't coming back, like I like I don't, yeah, my we, strength level is crazy. Yeah, movement is, uh, movement is life. Yeah, you know? <laughs> true. And uh, I think that's the biggest misconception of when people see me on social media is they think I'm very extreme. Uh, at one point, I was putting a disclaimer on my <laughs> in my captions. Like, right. hey, this is what I like to do. You know, this is just... And if you just follow along with me, you'll see it changes up. Like, right now, I'm in love with kettlebells, you know? And... Um, yeah, I saw you was doing this. Yeah, and, it, and it's just really because... Um, <laughs> At this point at 34, I just want to know my body. You know, um, I had two knee surgeries. I have no ACL in either one of these knees. Um, and it was at points where I get up and I'm like, now every walk, I'm like, I'm in pain. Yeah. I'm in pain. And uh, it messed with my hips, so it make my back start to hurt. And I say, you know what? 
I want to fix this. I don't want to be in pain. I shouldn't be in pain. I know more than this. I know I shouldn't be in pain. So, of course, I took courses, went to study with people, internships here and there, learn more physical therapy work, learn strength work. Uh, so people like you are the reason why I do what I do. You know, uh, I know being a trainer is so-called supposed to be cool and stuff like that, but these stories are why a lot of us do this right. because I find the best method to make you want to do this every day. If I told you to go do a HIIT workout in a, in a um, hot sauna type gym, you're probably not going to, if I say I need you here three times a week, well, it depends. It depends. Yeah, the wild thing is that that's what I could, I would only do hit stuff like, like I hate cardio, but I do sprints. Right. 30, 45 on, 30 rest, 35, like, and I do it for 15, 20 minutes in a hot garage. Mm -hmm. I, I was on it. Like, I, I know I'm really, <laughs> ain't really no evidence right now. That's my story. I was thinking to it. <laughs> right, but, but right. I was like, I would, like, I would, I would meal prep. It, I was trying to live. Mm -hmm. Not just existing, you know what I'm mm -hmm. saying. So it was in the morning. I work out. I make sure I do cardio. Whatever days I work out, I also do cardio before I went to bed. Like I was, I was on it, but well, that got there. I literally scared, man. I know it's a terrible excuse, but it's, um, it's it's really it's really not a terrible excuse. It's a common one, though. It's a very common one. Like I say, um. It's a lot of factors that play, and we don't want to feel that pain, uh, especially dealing with, I dealt with, um, I believe, Lopez. She had lower back issues. Her doctor told her she would probably need surgery. She couldn't get her. She's a surgeon, too, so she has to bend over a lot and be in that position for long periods of time. So um, me doing an assessment on her, figuring out this, and she came to me. She was... I think she, we've been training a little bit over two years. She lost over 45 pounds. That wasn't our goal. Right. Our goal is for her to just not have back pain. So I told her, I said, hey, it may seem kind of boring. Like, we're not going to do a lot of cool movements with machines and stuff like that. I just need your body to be a little bit more loose because you're very tense. You know, and I, and I always explain to my clients, like, yeah, reason why this is feeling because this on the other side is so tight. It's pulling that other side, you know? <laughs> when I went to the chiropractor, he said, your hips are like this. Uh -huh. And for the listening audience, I'm the crooked, like at a 30th, I don't know what the degree was, but he showed me the picture like they do the full body scan. Mm -hmm. And he was like, what's happening makes a whole lot of sense because your body's just not alive. Yep. So. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah man, I, could, uh, I can go on and on about my... Uh, about my woes, um, <laughs> but I want this to turn into a free assessment for me. Um, but don't, definitely appreciate you coming on the platform, man, sharing your story. Um, I don't think it'll be the last time unless you just didn't have a good time. Uh, uh, awesome time. I, I can't yeah. wait to come back. But um, all your information will be linked down below uh, to the listening audience. If you made it this far, please make sure you like, share, and subscribe. Probably should have said that in the beginning. Um, but that's what happens when you have a host and a co-host co-host job is to say that <laughs> I just be blaming it on him um, shout out to love Keisha J Studios that's my wife all things um, handcrafted jewelry and candles and some other home decor stuff John's and Co Apparel Healthy Marriage is Dope that's our family brand uh, shout out to Flexion Chiropractic 
which is James, the other host, his business, mm. which is taking off. I think they, they're looking to open a couple more locations within the next six to six to nine months, and I'm probably being generous with that. Mm. Um, they get into it, man. Uh, shout out Father Figure Apparel. Um, who else? Sean Surface, my guy, Second Chance. Yeah. Fitness and Mentors. I got here. Um, I think that's it. You got anything else? Um, just most of all, man, everybody, man, just be present. Be present. It's, they don't care. <laughs> as much as you think, they don't care what you cannot do. But they do care if you're there. Uh, and that's... That's something I just want to just implement to any other father out there. Uh, whatever you're going through, just be there for them. You yeah. Know? Uh, whether it's... it in your past, man. Yeah. That's the story that I got from you. Let's leave it behind. You're in control of the future. Let the past be the past. Let that be the rearview mirror. We glance at the rearview mirror, but we got to stare through this big windshield in front it's of It's only for orientation. <laughs> <laughs> it's only for orientation. Dope, dope, dope. Um, we appreciate you guys. God bless you. Peace. They tried to count me out, I'ma gon' count me in Fill up my bank account, now I got something to spend I just pull it out and count for nothing when I'm feeling great Give my baby little mom just a spend it eh? And I'm always on go, I don't hesitate Used to always know I make it eh? Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.